0: It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew chapter 4, and I'll, I'll paraphrase what we're going to be talking about tonight, and uh, uh, really do thank all the people that we have in this church that just take over and make sure everything gets done. Uh, but I was raised in a, in, a, in, a, in a home with a mom and dad that really loved me, and they were great people. But we never went to church, we never knew anything about the Word of God, Um, never knew anything about the Holy Spirit, and uh, so when somebody introduced me to Jesus, the Word of God was really new, and I really struggled with it because I was raised where you set your goals in life, you determine what you want to be, you become a self-made man or a self-made woman, and you accomplish things, and you just become whatever you want. And the most important thing in your life is normally success, and success means money, and money means homes and cars and things like this. And I remember reading books on the, positive, uh, the power of positive thinking and just all those types of things. And, and I wanted to be everything that I thought I could be, and, and that brings pride and that brings a lot of things into your life that you really don't want. And so when, when, the, when Jesus came into my life, It was very hard to give up trying to be in control and give somebody else control and think that if I just learned the Word of God and lived the Word of God, I would be okay and that God would take care of everything for me. All I had to do was live the Word of God. But the word that we're gonna share tonight is that the most important thing in our life is, is the Word of God. The Word of God is the most important thing in our life. Once we receive Jesus, The Word into our life and that we have that eternal life and that we live the Word of God and that that becomes our power source And to me that was all new and it was very hard God brought Pam along very shortly after I'd been saved and hadn't been saved about a year Maybe less than a year and Pam came into my life and Pam had been in the Word for a long long time and so she would reiterate what other people would tell me and all that you just need the word of God. And, and I was always trying to take care of it on myself. I was always, I was, how many of you are a fixer? Uh, you know, you're going to fix it yourself. And how many of you learned the hard way that there's some things you just can't fix? You just cannot fix. Because once Jesus comes into your life, now you've got a real problem. You've been running with the devil before. And now you're running against the devil, so he's upset with you, and he's coming against you. And God wants to help you, but he's not going to help you unless you're going to give your life to him and begin to live what the Word of God says. He'll make sure you don't get hurt in the process, but he's not going to enable you. Turn to your neighbor and tell tell that person, God will not enable you. God is not like some people where they're going to help fix everything for everybody. God is not an enabler. God is a great teacher. And he will teach us the right way It's always the right way. But he will teach us the way that will be very pleasant or he'll teach you the hard way. But either way, he's going to teach you a lesson. How many of you realize some of the best lessons you ever learned? You learned them the hard way. You didn't have to. You could have learned it the easy way, but you you, you, you did it the hard way because you tried to do it yourself. In Matthew chapter 4, jesus says one of the most profound things in in the entire word of god i believe in matthew chapter four he's really quoting deuteronomy chapter eight verse three the devil has come against jesus he's trying to tempt jesus he's trying to tempt each and every one of you and jesus said that man when he spoke to the devil he said man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god how many words Every. every word that proceeds from the mouth of god that's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, when we understand how powerful that Scripture is, the power of God is in His Word, and if God says something, then that is full of His power, and He wants to lead and guide us in that area. And if we understand the importance of the Word and power, then we take every situation and we turn it around and we use it and appropriate the Word of God. Everybody would want to operate with the power of God in their life if we could. Well, we can. We're going to talk about what the scripture says now. I was thinking about something funny before the service. And I said, God, I don't have a joke. And, uh, you know, something just funny. Because I love to laugh. Because if you live the word, you will. But matter of fact, this is the confession that we always used to make in this church. And I still love this confession. I love our new confession, too. But I love this. Let's say it. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Can I see the hands of all the people you found? It's just that simple. If you do what God says, you get blessed. And if you don't do what God says, you don't get blessed. Because he's not going to enable you and say, oh, you just want to do it another way. That's fine. I'll let my blessings come upon you anyway. That is not the way it works. But, uh, but I did think about, the, I felt like the Lord brought it back to my, my memory. I was, uh, not too long ago, I, I had decided to trim our bushes at the, ha- at the home. Pam shared some of it with you. And what I'm about to tell you happened to me once before, and I knew better, but I didn't do better. Can I see the hands of all the people? You knew better at one point in, in your life doing something than you didn't do it. I saw three hands up, but I don't believe that. You know what I'm talking about. So I got my hedge trimmer, uh, hedge trimmer out, uh, uh, and, and and I was I was moving really fast and going really really great and uh, getting that hedge really trimmed up there and everything was looking good and. And all of a sudden, my hedge trimmer stopped working. And I thought, what is wrong with this thing? And I you know, just was really upset. at And I looked at it, and I thought, "Ooh, there's a cord hanging down there. I had gone right through my hedge uh, trimmer uh, cord that I was pulling along there, cut it right in half, and lost my power. Well, it, it was funny. And then, I, I, well, actually, it wasn't funny at the moment. It became funny later, but at the moment, it wasn't funny because about a year before that, I did the same exact thing. I can get moving pretty fast with a hedge trimmer. And the year before I did the very same thing. Well, Pam was home. And I didn't want to tell her because I knew she'd say, "You did it again." And uh, so finally, I, I went in. And I told her, "I said, you're not going to believe what happened." And I got the thing hanging there, and she looked at me. And she said, "You did it again." And I said, "Yes." I don't know if you said, "Did you?" I thought you'd learn. You said something like that. You ought to learn by now, or something. You know, that was a lot of fun to hear. But but anyway, <laughs> she said that. So I thought, well, okay, I'll run up to Lowe's and i get another hit trimmer. So I went up there and, th- and they had the one I wanted on, on sale. It was on sale, it was only $39, and I thought, that was a great deal. So I come home and I plug it in, doesn't work. Oh, no! now I got something that just doesn't work. I just bought one, I just got one going wrong and all. And I remember we're talking about power. Tell your neighbor, we're talking about power. I got no power, I got a machine that's supposed to work, not a machine, but an instrument that's supposed to work and it won't work, and I just keep plugging it in and plugging it in, I'm with the other socket in the garage and it didn't work, which is where I had it all plugged in. I thought, this silly thing is not working. Now I'm starting to get a little bit angry and agitated, but all of a sudden I decide to think what might be the problem. You know, sometimes your mind racing without you in control through the Word of God, will think about all sorts of stuff you shouldn't be thinking about. And finally, I thought, well, now, there had to have been a surge in the power, so maybe something's wrong with my switch in the garage. So I checked the switch in my garage. The switch on and off is still fine in my garage for the power, but then when I looked over there, I saw the little circuit breaker had been tripped, and the surge of the power had the whole power source into my little instrument there. Now I'm starting to laugh and now I look down I think now I got an old hedge trimmer and I got a new hedge trimmer. Now I've got the power flowing again. Everybody say the power flowing again. We all know what it's like to walk with the Word of God manifest in our life, taking everything thought captive to the Word of God, not thinking things we shouldn't think, not meditating things we shouldn't think, speaking forth the Word of God. And when we do that, we release the power of God. Every single one of us here are going through something that hasn't worked out the way we thought it would, or we're still seeing something that is just going longer and longer, and we know what God said, but we haven't seen it come to pass yet. The word of God is powerful; it's more as act, it, it active and powerful than any two-edged sword. Now that's Hebrews chapter four, verse six. It says in that scripture. I, I think that's right. I think I might have gotten the wrong scripture. Would you check that up for me? Hebrews chapter four is it verse twelve? Is that right? Part, Hebrews four twelve. Okay. It, it, what, what that means is. When we speak the Word of God and when we meditate the Word of God, the power of the Word of God goes forth and that there is power attached to the Word of God that the Holy Spirit activates the moment we speak it. So therefore, when we understand how this thing works, we get to the point when all we want to do is speak the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, read the Word of God, think the Word of God, because... The Word of God is what's going to change everything in our life. Tell your neighbor, the Word of God will change everything in your life. Now, what we do today, in the the world that we live in today, we have so much technology and so many things going on. And in America, we live in such a blessed country. If you were in uh, the uh, Camp Rhino right now with the Dreamland children uh, from South Sudan, uh, you would see that every time the sun gets ready to go down They're huddled around a campfire and they're reading the Word of God and they're singing praises Somebody's got a guitar and and they're having a great time in the Word of God and They're going to go to bed being hurt, hearing the Word of God They don't have things to vie for their attention as primitive and as horrible as the conditions are in that United Nations camp where they are they don't have a diversion to take their, their focus away from the things of God. As a matter of fact, when I was over there with Brad recently, and we need to pray for Brad. Brad is leaving next Tuesday. He's gonna be gone for a month over there with Feed the Hungry in Africa and working in refugee camps, and it's going to be a great, great time and a door opening for us, I believe, over there. But, uh, w- but what happens is they don't, they don't have a lot of th- things vying for their attention. How many of you realize you can be really busy with or without God all day long? You can have appointments, you can have this, you can have your radio on, you can have your TV on, you can be on the internet, you can be on Facebook, and you can spend a few minutes with the Word of God, or sometimes you can spend a few days without the Word of God. And how many of you know when your power source is starting to run dry? How many of you know you can feel it, you get a little cantankerous, you get a little bit out of sorts? That's why I believe that when God spoke to Joshua, again, such a powerful scripture, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. God told Joshua that if you will meditate the word of God day and night, you will make your way successful and you will prosper. In other words, you will be successful and prosper at all that you do. Now, that means that we start to meditate the word of God, that I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. God will turn this thing around you use it for good in my life. How many of you are facing things right now where you need a breakthrough? Can I see your hand? You absolutely need a breakthrough. <clears throat> that breakthrough will come as you're speaking the Word of God over that. That breakthrough will come when you speak over the Word of God. The word of God. Romans eight twenty eight says, God will use all things for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. That very thing you're going through that's causing you challenges, God's going to turn it around and use it for good tomorrow. I told this to a lady one time, her son was on drugs and really struggling, one of our relatives, and and I said, your son's going to be set free tomorrow, and she thought I had a word from the Lord, well, I did have a word from the Lord, but she thought it was the physical day tomorrow, and she said, tomorrow, it's going to happen tomorrow, I said, yes, it's going to happen tomorrow, we just don't know which tomorrow, but it's going to happen tomorrow. No matter what miracle you need, it's going to happen tomorrow. It may not be the tomorrow that you want, but it's going to eventually happen. When you read the word of God, there is not a time from the old covenant throughout the new covenant that when the people of God spoke the word of God, lived the word of God, and did whatever God told them to do, that they weren't blessed that the blessings of God came upon them and overtook them. And that is exactly what we want in our life too. Tell your neighbor, that's exactly what I want. So therefore, what we do is we live the word of God. When you study one of my heroes in the Bible, I just love Joshua. Joshua was a man who was a servant. He was obviously humble and served God uh, through serving Moses all of the days of his life. and, And God promoted him. God promotes humility. God promotes people that will serve. And and he promoted Joshua. But obviously Joshua needed some encouraging words from the Lord, and God spoke to him and told Joshua, if you will just meditate my word day and night, you will make your way successful, and you will make your way prosperous. And Joshua began to do that. How many of you know that there are times in your life when you have just continually meditated the Word of God, spoke the Word of God, read the Word of God, and stayed focused like a flint on the things of the Word of God. Can I see your hands? Can I see the hands of all the people? You know there are times you've let go because of the things that you've experienced and the situations and circumstances. Joshua experienced one of those moments, and you've heard me preach this many times in the Bible, many times in messages that I've taught, But it's so true in life. We have the victory. We walk through the victory. We see the victory. We go from victory to victory. Where God blesses us. His blessings come upon us. I mean, when I stop and think about what God has done in our life here with Pam and I, our marriage, supernaturally how he put it together, uh, supernaturally how he brought us out of tremendous debt over the years. Uh, When Pam first met me, she wanted to get married right away. And I said, honey... (laughs) You did. You did. Are you ser- are you serious? You did. You did. You, did. you wanted me. I know. I could tell. And and and, 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 uh, and I said, honey, I I I've got to get take care of a few things financially. Well, she didn't care at all. She was just. She was absolutely oblivious to that. And then she married me, and she realized, you know what, I should have waited a while for you because when the IRS agent met her in the driveway one time out in Oklahoma, it was like it brought her a little bit closer to home. But at that time, uh, I was $30,000 in debt. Uh, I thought I had worked my way out of it and taken care of a few things, and it all fell in on me, all fell in on me. And uh, and and I'll never forget that we, God was sending me to Bible school. I'm thirty thousand dollars in debt. Hear them preach on how you should never be in debt, and I got thirty thousand dollars worth of debt, and I'm having a hard time servicing the interest, let alone the finance, the principal. And all of this stuff was going on. And then I watched God bring us out of debt. I watched God open the door and put me in a ministry out there that right now is about 12,000 people. When we were there, it was about 6,000 people. I knew my background. How many of you know your background? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you don't know my background. <laughs> You'd be surprised who you're sitting next to in this church. And, 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 but, but my background was, Larry Campbell's not here tonight. Larry Campbell came to this church because he knew me before, he knew me from high school days, and he knew me from the Burger Chef days years ago. And when I saw Larry in church, I said, Larry, what are you doing here? And he said, I came to see what you're up to because I cannot believe you're a pastor. And uh, so that's how Larry came to the church. And, but, but anyway, all those things brings you out of debt. And, 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 and I mean, it, it, the stuff he's done in our life is just absolutely unbelievable when I meditate on it. Now, when I don't meditate on it, what I meditate on is what's not going right. I think about this thing not going right and this thing not going right. I don't think about the finances he's blessed us with. I don't think about the new car he's just given me. I don't think about all the things that have blessed us. I will drift into thinking about all the things that aren't going right. There's always going to be something that isn't going right. That's not a bad confession, but how many of you believe that's true? There's always something that isn't going quite right the way you think it should be going. But God, in his infinite wisdom, knows exactly what, is going to, what was happening. We're going to talk about Abraham in just a moment. But back to my hero, Joshua, in the Bible. Joshua knew, he absolutely knew, that if he did whatever God said, he would be blessed. And if you read about the Battle of Jericho, it is one of the most uh, miraculous miracles that has ever taken place. They have found excavated parts of where Jericho was that they believe is some of the walls that have come down and that the walls have just come down. They, they, they're excavating now and proving that th- what the Bible says. Everything that the Bible said is going to be proven th- sooner or later. And so much of it has been proven. None of it has been disproven. And so he gets, he gets the battle plan for Jericho, and we won't go through all of that, but it was an absolutely miraculous saying where only God could get the glory. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God's going to get the glory. He's not going to bless you so you can get the glory. That's why you see a lot of ministries fail, a lot of ministries tumble. We had a friend out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, that, that that was our youth pastor. He went from being a youth pastor, a man of God, really into the word of God, but he had a few things on the friends that weren't quite right yet. And, 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 but, but but he kept moving forward, ended up with the church in Edmond, Oklahoma, church exploded, about five, 6,000 people, and all of a sudden he lost the church and everything caved in because he had an affair. He had not been grounded in the word of God because a man of God living the word of God, meditating the word of God, speaking the word of God would ever not allow the devil and the temptation in the flesh to take a hold of him. Why do people fall like that? Because they stop meditating and living the word of God. Once you let go of the word of God, you can drift away from it. Joshua is a man of God, on fire for the things of God, and all of a sudden, he's getting ready to have another battle. He's just seen God's hand move. Now he's getting ready to have another battle. And the battle is the first battle, or what's referred to in Scripture as the first battle of Ai. He had two battles in Ai. First battle, he got defeated. Second battle, he won. Why would anybody be defeated if you did what God said? I'm glad you asked. Because in the first battle of Ai, he didn't ask God what to do. He didn't have the word of God. He did it on the arm of the flesh. He decided to listen to people. May I see the hands of all of the people who like to talk. May I, all you ladies raise your hands. Glory to God. All you guys, sometimes you can raise your hands, sometimes not. My wife loves to talk. Would you say that's true? Sandy loves to talk. <laughs> Sometimes I'm rude to Sandy in the office because she loves to talk everywhere she goes. My wife loves to talk everywhere. I'm serious, how many of you really like to talk a lot with people? You do, yeah, thank you. Three hands went up, I don't believe that. But what happens was, is that a lot of times we, we, can, we, we can think that this interaction of communication we're having with other people is really helpful But what we really need to do is to make sure that our number one priority is interaction with God. It's not counseling with one another. Nothing wrong with that. But if your counseling and if your leading is coming from another person, you are not plugged into the Word of God the way God wants you to plug in. God wants you plugged in to Him. God wants you hearing from Him. Certainly, you can bounce that off other people. Certainly, you can get confirmation. But you are not led by other people. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not led by you. We're led by the Holy Spirit. It's like the man who ended up in heaven one day. And he, he was standing there in his line. And, and St. Peter was there and said, I want all you people, <clears throat> that, uh, all you men to line up. I want you to make two lines. One line is for the line of all the men who just did whatever their wife told them, and the other line is for the line for the man that actually took his spiritual authority in his home. And when they got all finished, the one line was miles long with all the people that just did whatever their wife said, all the guys, and then the other line, there's one guy standing there. And so St. Peter came over and said, well, we're really proud of you. You took your godly authority in your home? What is that why you're standing in this line? He said, "No, I'm standing here because my wife told me to come over to this line." <laughs> so Joshua, Joshua. Now if you get a, if you get a picture of this, it's just so powerful. It's it's almost comical if it hadn't cost some people their lives and cost cost God, it didn't cost God because God was still God before and after the battle. But but it, it was not a victory the way God wanted it to be. Joshua is defeated in the first battle of AI, and he comes back and he's complaining to God. Have you ever complained to God? I have complained to God before. Have you, I like to see hands. Can I see your hand? Have you ever complained to God? You want to have a pity party? You know who shows up at a pity party? Most people say just you. No, nope. two people show up. You show up at the pity party, and the devil shows up, and he says, go get it. Yep, he, things are bad, and things are going to get worse, and sure enough. So anyway, here we are in this whole situation, and Joshua has this tremendous battle, and all of a sudden, he comes out of, of Jericho with this great victory. Why don't we go help her and see if she can come in? There's a there's a lady that's a little, yeah, one of you ushers, help her out. Tell, tell her it's never too late to come to church, and uh and, and and so in in this situation, that I lost my train of play. Where was I? Was, I don't Who? Selma. Selma. Oh, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Selma, what is she doing? I thought it was a visitor. I thought it was a vis- <laughs> I thought it was a visitor. <laughs> so here's. So here's how it would be it'd be like we had this tremendous victory here at victory we just, just whatever happened I come out here and say what do y'all think we ought to do well how many answers do you think we would get here whatever number we have so it but it says Joshua was crying to the people uh, crying out to God and, and, and the reason was because he asked the people what he should do I'm paraphrasing all of it but he said what do you think we should do in this battle of Ai and said listen the people of AI, you think that's funny? Don't you? The, people of AI, the people, the people. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know? You, do you know you're getting some aerobic points tonight? <laughs> you look awful pretty. Anyway, <laughs> aerobic. <laughs> so this that. <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought it was a visitor. And she thought, I can't go in. The church service has started. And I go, no. That's right. <laughs> but I still wonder to know what Thelma's doing. <laughs> anyway, so he asked the people. And the people say, look, they don't, th- th- we don't need to spend, send a lot of people up there. They're weak people. And, and we just send a few people up. And Joshua did exactly what the people said. They were soundly defeated. And then they also found out that they had sin in the camp. Now, there is a lady, a visitor. No, not a visitor. That's Madonna. Madonna, good to see you. (laughs) That's not... That's not... This is kind of like a subway. Kind of like a subway station. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Well... Anyway, we know there was sin in the camp. We know that we know that God, that Joshua didn't ask God what to do. Wouldn't it be a good idea if before we did anything we asked God what to do? And we said, God, what is your word in this situation? What do you want me to do today? I was telling Pam today, we we're having lunch, and and, uh, and I said. I said, well, this is exactly what I said. I said, you know, honey, I know what I feel like God's saying. I have it written down. It's just as clear to me as it's always been. But when I look up and look around, I don't see it. And it's really getting to be frustrating for me. I can feel the heaviness of the weight. But I felt like what God said is, why are you looking up and looking around at what you don't see when you know what I've told you? That is what you should see because faith is what we should see I know what I see because of my faith I know what the Word of God says you see you can't have faith without the Word of God a lot of people say they have faith but they really don't they're hoping for something but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God Romans 10 17 I think I know what God is saying that's what I need to see Not looking up and seeing what I don't see. Joshua felt like God was going to give him the victory at Ai because God told him, everywhere your foot shall step, you will have the land, you will have the victory. He stepped into Ai, they were defeated, they had to come right back down the mountain. And he couldn't understand it. He was wondering why. And then God said, first of all, you got sin in the camp. you got to get rid of the sin. And then, it doesn't say this scripturally the way I'm giving it to you, but it does say that he hadn't consulted God. He had consulted the people about how to have a battle plan. He knew better than that. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know better. You know know when you're doing the wrong thing. Isn't that right? Manny, you ought to be saying amen back there. Glory to God. You don't need somebody to tell you when you're doing the wrong thing, do you? were you here Sunday? Where were you? <laughs> Home. What were you doing? Sleeping in? Did you work late last night? Saturday night? Real late? How late? Till In the morning? Okay, so you got a good excuse? <laughs> he said, in case you didn't hear, Manny said, not really. I love Manny. I, I, what did you say? He had a good excuse. Spoken by a true mother. Glory to God. <laughs> Spoken by a true mother. <clears throat> so anyway, now he, gets, and now he goes back to God and he repents. Here's what would have happened, I believe, with all my heart. In the first battle of Ai, this is what I think would have happened. Joshua would have said, God, how do you want me to take Ai? I believe God would have said, you're not ready. You're not ready yet because you have sin in the camp. Achan took some of the stuff in the last battle of Jericho that he should have taken. You've got sin in the camp among your leadership. Therefore, you're going to have to get rid of the sin. And then I'm going to give you the battle plan. But if you don't get rid of the sin, you're not going to be able to get victory in your life. Turn to your neighbor said that's a good message for you. You get rid of the sin in your life, meaning compromising the word of God. Ask God what he wants you to do with your life. Do what God said, and the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. That is exactly what Joshua did. Achan got taken care of along with his family. He got the battle plan. It was a strategic plan that was used by military even up until World War II on how to take AI. They did it. They were victorious. Everything fell into place, and it was because he put the Word of God first. Everybody say the Word of God. The Word of God God comes through the written Word of God, and the Word of God comes through the current manna every day we live in a country that is blessed and cursed at the same time we are blessed by god because of his word and because this nation is set aside for god's glory we are cursed by a lot of the stuff that is going on that is taking families away from god and the time away from being in the word of god and hearing the word of god and living the word of god let me see the hands of all the people that you know families that have drifted away from the church and from the word of God and you're fighting to fight a faith to get them back and they've drifted right out because of the blessing of God that is here to us and you start to walk away from us. And therefore, we've all done it at some point or another in our life. And what's happened is we've compromised what the word of God says. John chapter 5 or 15 verse 7 and 8. Says that if uh, you it, that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you will and it shall be done. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. In other words, God is blessed when we are blessed by Him. And then it goes on in John chapter fourteen, verses twenty three through thirty four. This is what Jesus said: he said that the the words you hear that I speak, it's not mine. The words that I speak to you are what the Father sent me to speak to you. Now, the word coil like in John fifteen seven and 8, it says, if you abide in me and, and my, excuse me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire, what you will, and, and that you that it will be done, that you will bear much fruit. The word abide means coil or to coil about or to become one with, that it was God's will that you and I become one with the word of God. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. I have the mind of Christ. Uh, We were sitting with a couple just recently down in Florida, and and this man asked me a question about a situation that I'd gone through in my life. Uh, I think you had left the table there. And I said, uh, well, I've had some opportunities. And the lady said, well, that's an interesting word. Uh, It would have been the time to have responded, I've had some problems. But instead, I said, I've had some opportunities, and I've been able to overcome those opportunities. The choice of your words determines your destiny. The choice of your words determines your destiny. The choice of your words determines your mind. The choice of your words determines faith or fear. Anxiety, hope, all of those things are your responsibility. Now, this is, this is the bottom line. God has left you in charge through your will. How many of you know you got a free will? You got a free will. And that your will is free to think anything that you want. Who is in charge of your thinking? It's not a hard question. I'll give you the answer and then I'll ask you. You are in charge. Okay. Who is in charge of your thinking? Me. Turn to your neighbors. Say, I'm in charge of my thinking. Now turn back to him and tell him, now I've identified the problem. <clears throat> As a man thinketh, so is he. <clears throat> Therefore, we have to get to the point in our lives when we understand that if my mind is right, I'll be right. But if my mind is not right, I can walk away from the things of God. God will not cause you, make you think anything that you don't want to think. He will give you and has given you a free will. In the Word of God, in the book of Romans, a scripture you hear all the time in this church. I believe this is the number one problem people have in their life. Romans 12, one and 2. You present your body a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is only your reasonable service. And you don't be conformed to the world, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If you know the perfect will of God, you're okay. If you don't know the perfect will of God, you've got a problem. You need to ask God. God will never, never, ever not tell you what he wants you to know. He would never not tell you what he wants you to know. So therefore, when you ask God and you say, God, what, what do you want me to do about this situation? It becomes, if it, if you allow it, it becomes a habit where you're always asking God for the answer, not giving it yourself because I, I believe this in, in, in my moment of, of uh, insanity when I cut the cord trimming that bush. I believe if I had stopped, And ask God, what happened here? What do I need to do in the future? What happened to my little machine here? Not only would He have shown me, it would have cost, it would have saved me thirty-nine dollars from going to Lowe's and buying a replacement for it. Because I believe, I really believe God would have shown me that. But instead, I'm on a mission for myself. I broke the thing. I got another cord. I bought another machine, another uh, hedge trimmer. And now I spent forty bucks that I didn't have to spend. I could have had that forty bucks. Although I do have a new hedge trimmer, if you need to borrow one. Now, what happens then is that if it's not a habit with us, then we will be in a habit of a bad habit. Does that make sense? I, I believe with all my heart, anxiety and fear in people's lives is not hereditary. I believe it may be because they've been around somebody that they learned it from, but it's not hereditary. Once you get Jesus Christ into your life, you have the mind of Christ. You don't have fear. You've got power, love, and a sound mind. But if you don't develop it, then you will continue to be anxious. You will continue to be fearful. People who are anxious think anxious thoughts. People who are fearful think fearful thoughts. This is not rocket science. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can get this. People who are fearful think fearful thoughts. People who are anxious think anxious thoughts. People who are uh, uh, full of of, uh, distractions from the Word of God are taking the cares upon the Word. The bottom line is this. People who have all those things manifest are not living the Word of God and are not experiencing the power of the Word of God. Because living the Word of God is experiencing the power of the Word of God. The Word of God says to be anxious for now, let's say it again like we really are a soldier on fire for the things of God. The Word of God says to be anxious for? The Word of God says cast every fear. How many fears? Fear. So, well, actually, it says cast every care. That's a distraction. The word means distraction. How many distractions do we cast? All. How many? All. So, therefore, we get to the point when we understand that whatever God says, that is truth. I live the truth based on the word of God, and nothing I see matters to change that. Let me give you another example here. It's, uh, it's the story of Abraham. When Abraham and Sarah, Abraham left the area of Ur, not knowing where he was going. He just got in his car and left. I often think, and I don't compare myself to Abraham. What happened? That's what I said sir. That's I said, oh. that I said? <laughs> He got on his... <laughs> You're having a good time tonight, aren't you? <laughs> so Abraham gets in his car. There's a joke about a car in a Bible. I'll think about it in a minute. can't think of it right now. Yeah. Well, whatever he did... <laughs> but he left not knowing where he was going but god said i want you to get out of here i want you to separate from your family i want you to get out of here and i want you to move out and he did <clears throat> where was i going with that story <laughs> i got sidetracked by the car, in the car going you know. yes thank you when pam and i when pam and i had first first gotten married uh and, and people and my, and my wife included they say go pray i would go down the Wabash river down by where it used to be a serup store and i'd go down there and sit in that little uh park down there by the river on a table and i would pray and they say now you pray in the holy spirit and then you pray in your understanding and that god will give you direction and uh, so i'd sit there and I'd pray and, and 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 i would hear over and over again when you should go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning of your life and I'm thinking, I didn't know about Abraham and all this stuff in the Bible back then. And I said, okay, and and, and, and what? You to go to Tulsa and find the meaning of your life. Well, I found out later on that Abraham left not knowing where he was going. Well, at least I knew where I was going, but I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know anything. All I knew was I had the Word of God that said, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning of your life. And I wasn't strong in the Word at all. And I remember coming home and telling Pam, Honey, I've been praying, and this is all I hear. Go to Tulsa, and I'll find the meaning for my life. I'm hoping, I'm almost praying that she will say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, because it was pretty dumb-sounding to me, even though I thought God said it. That's exactly how I felt. And she said, well, if you think that's God, we better go. Now I'm stuck. i got a wife that's in agreement, and we're going to go not knowing what I'm going to do it was the best move at that moment in my life that I could have ever made. And all I had was the word of God. Go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. We didn't have enough money to do it. We didn't have, we, the situation. all sorts of situations would have been horrible. When, when we went, my parents thought I was crazy. Her parents thought I was crazy. They had just met me, and they thought I was crazy. And so we went out there, and, and nobody wanted us to go. We went out there. They saw the hand of God move. We saw the hand of God move. They all realized we did what, we, what God wanted us to do. And then I remember hearing the word, I want you to go back to Lafayette, Indiana, and start a church like Victory Christian Center. And, and I said, oh, I don't really want to do that. And, but I heard it over and over again. Finally, I heard God say, if you don't want to do it, I'll get somebody else to do it. I said, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Then we told our parents we were coming back. Nobody wanted us to come back. We okay. wanted us to stay right where They didn't want us to go. They didn't want us to come back. But you can't listen to people. Everybody say, you can't listen to people. Yeah. Thank God they're well-meaning. Thank God they love us and they want to give us word. But you can't listen to people. You've got to be confirmed through the word of God. And when, and when Abraham did what he did, and I'm going to paraphrase all this just for time's sake. But then Abraham was told, that, that, that Sarah would have a baby, and that Abraham at the time was 75. I don't know how old Sarah was. She was 75. I just thought about that, 75. But, but anyway, he had to wait 25 years, 25 years. Did you know what I was meaning by that? 25 years, <laughs> 25 years he had to wait for that child. How many of you realize that some of the things that you haven't seen come to pass yet that sometimes can be a little bit heavy for you. You haven't waited 25 years yet. But Abraham, Abraham had waited 25 years, 100 years old for the promise of Isaac. Some problems in between, mostly caused by Sarah, but uh, some problems in, some, pro, some problems in between. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to go there. I, I have a, quite a story to tell about that, but I'm not going to go there. But Abraham had to wait 25 years. Now, what I want to bring you to is Romans chapter 4, verse 21 and 22. Such a powerful scripture in the Bible. I remember one time when uh, it was out in Tulsa. I'm sure I've probably read it before, but, but it was the first time it actually exploded as revelation in my spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can read something over and over again and you just read through it and then one day you read it and it's like it explodes in your spirit. And God took me back to this while we're down there in Florida this year. And uh, it's verse 20. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now we're talking about He's waited 25 years for the birth of Isaac. He waited 25 years and summing it, it all up here. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith. How do we become strengthened in faith? The only way you become strengthened in faith is by the Word of God, Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing the word of God. And Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced. Everybody say that word. Say it again. Being fully convinced that whatever God promised or whatever God said, he was well able to perform. There isn't a single one of us here that doesn't believe that God can do whatever God wants to do. Matter of fact, can I see the hands of all the people? You believe that. Let's not say. I believe that. <laughs> Abraham was fully convinced that whatever God said, he was well able to do. Are we fully convinced that what the word of God is saying to us, God can do? Am I fully convinced that God wants me to cast every care upon him because he first cared for me? Am I fully convinced that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus? Am I fully convinced that I have the mind of Christ? Am I fully convinced that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind? Am I fully convinced that I am to cast every care? Am I fully convinced that this thing I'm going through is going to be turned around and used for good by God because I love Him and I'm called according to His purpose? When you are fully convinced, there'll never be fear, there'll never be doubt, there'll never be unbelief, there'll never be torment, there'll never be any anxiety in your life, there'll never be any of those things that the devil carries because you are fully convinced. I am fully convinced that the destiny of this church is in God's hands. I am fully convinced that my wife and I will live a long and healthy life serving God. I am fully convinced that the blessings of God are going to continue to come upon us and overtake us. If, everybody say if. Turn to your neighbors and say there's Always an if. If we are living the word of God. If we're speaking the word of God. If we're meditating the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, help me out. You, casting never care. I mean, uh, 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 whatever exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is it? Flesh and blood. 2 Corinthians. I better look it up. Uh, I better look it up. My wife is a walking, talking concordance. So if she didn't have it on the tip of her tongue it was just because she was fascinated staring at me. 2 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 10 verses <laughs> For though the Oh you right, you had it yeah for the weapons of a warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down every argument and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into cap To the Word of Christ. In other words, we are thinking what God wants us to think. When we have a thought, and you'll have a thought come to you that will be contrary to the Word of God, I cast that thought down. I refuse that thought. That is not a good thought. My nephew will serve God. My nephew will not die of drug overdose. He will not die. He will serve God. And every time a thought contrary to that comes, we cast that thing down. You will have financial blessings in your life. You will go from glory to glory because you're going to follow the leading of the will of God. But you might say, Well, I'm not following the leading of the Word of God. It is never too late to repent, never too late to do the right thing, never too late to get on track with God. Never too late to start meditating the Word of God, reading the Word of God, playing tapes that are the Word of God, and ask God, show me what is not pleasing to you. I know what is pleasing to you. God is pleased when we walk by faith and not by sight. God is pleased when our faith is released because he can release the blessings upon us. But show me what you want me to change in my life. And God will show you time and time again, not because he wants to hurt you or punish you or take something away from you, but because he wants to give you something. God is in the blessing business. Can you say amen to that? Let's all stand to our feet. God wants to take us from glory to glory. God's plan, I said this earlier, but it just, it it always, it always ministers in my spirit when I think about it. When you go from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant and all the way through the Bible, there is never a time or a place when the children of God, the people of God, were not blessed by God when they did what God said. The only times when you see that they were not blessed is when they would not listen to God. They would not do what God told them to do. But now God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to explode the road, the word inside us. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit in His Word to renew our mind and to cleanse our mind continually so that when we meditate the Word of God, the power of God begins to move in our life, And the strength of that power is what God wants all of us to have. This is not a bad report, but I believe that there are times in all of our lives when we're going to be faced with a bad report. Something happened in the midst of our situation. Michael, hi, where are you? Michael, hi. We're down in Florida. We get a call. Michael's mother, Diane. One moment here, next moment in heaven. Just like that. Gone from this earth. Difficult situation to face as a son to realize that my mom is now gone. They thought maybe that they could work with her in the hospital in Indianapolis, but it didn't. It didn't work out. She went on to be with the Lord. That's a tough thing to process. But then, as I told Michael earlier, Mike, you got all the memories of your mother from now until you see her again in heaven. All the wonderful memories. Didn't work out the way we'd thought, but it worked out. Because when she ended her last breath on this earth, she opened her eyes and saw Jesus as she's walking on streets of gold, living in a mansion. Is she going to be okay? And we pray for the family. We don't take it lightly. But even in the midst of the most horrible situation, our focus has to be upon the Lord. So that when the report comes, we don't go the way of the report. We go the way of the Word of God. The Word of God says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And I'll close with this scripture. When God told... uh, uh, um, uh, um, Moses, that, that they're going to go into the Promised Land, and so send out send out the uh, the, the twelve spies, and, and the twelve spies came back, and they all saw the same thing. I'm always amazed at how some people can see the same thing and you have two different opinions. One is very fearful, and one is very concerned, and the other is very hopeful and very optimistic. They saw the same thing. They saw exactly the same thing. They saw the fruit. They saw all the wonderful things, the land flowing with milk and honey. They saw the giants, the descendants of Anak in the land. And they saw the fortified cities of these giants. All 12 of them saw the same thing. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, let's go. We are well able. Everybody said that. We are well able. Ten of the spies, they came back and they said, well, now, wait a minute. We saw the same thing they saw, but we are not able. We are not able. Two spies, two sets of spies, saw the same thing. We're told in the Scripture that they basically responded with four words. We are not able, we are well able. Two of them said, We are well able. Ten of them said, We are not able. Four words apiece, and the the bad report that came that we are not able contradicted the word of God. And the contradiction of the Word of God cost all those people that were in agreement not to go in to wander in the desert for 40 years and die in the desert and never experience what God wanted them to have. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have prosperity. He wants us not to look at our checkbook to look together. He wants us not to try to figure out how to do it. He wants us just to figure out how to follow orders. God wants us to follow his word. And if we'll make a decision to live the word of God, I guarantee you the promises of God will come upon you and overtake you, and we will be blessed. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you will ever, ever answer. Do you know that if you died tonight, you would be with Jesus maybe you're here and you're a visitor maybe you're here and you've been attending this church but you know you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior maybe you've been here and you you know you've drifted away like the prodigal son the prodigal daughter it's time to come home we don't know how many tomorrows we have but we know who who holds tomorrow and we know where we're going if we know Jesus and if we've accepted his forgiveness. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you need to pray for me because I don't know where I'd go if I would die. I've drifted away from the things of God, but I know it's time to come home. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air, and we're going to pray for you. All over this church, anyone at all, we'll wait just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, that means that we have a church full of believers here tonight. Thank God for that. How many of you believe that you could do a better job living the Word of God? Meaning this, that you read the Word of God, you meditate the Word of God, and you act like the Word of God is true. Which it is. How many of you could do a better job of that? Father, you see every hand that's lifted. Lord, I know that with all of these uplifted hands, there are tremendous needs that many people have. One of the biggest needs in the body of Christ, Lord, is the area of finances. And Lord, I know that you desire to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to make it supernatural, that we don't have to work for it, we have to just believe for it. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. I pray for financial blessings. I pray for a sound mind. I pray that the sickness and disease of any person is trying to come upon them, and this church is bound in the name of Jesus. I declare healing. I thank you, Lord, that every single person would have a desire to move in a new dimension with you. More time spent reading your word, more time spent meditating your word, And we thank you for that. I want us to make this confession right now. Lord, forgive me for not spending enough time reading your word, meditating your word, and living your word. I declare over my life, I have time for you. I have time for your word. Everything else is secondary. I know you desire to bless me. Therefore, I expect to be blessed. As I speak the word, as I meditate the word, and as I live the word, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have power, love, and a sound mind. Today, I've heard the word. My life will be changed. My focus will be upon you. And all of your blessings are going to come upon me and overtake me because I hearken unto your word. Father, I thank you for every person that prayed that. That is your will. That is your desire. We give you the praise, the the glory, and the honor in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said... Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Have a great rest of the night.